This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed in this episode are not to be construed as medical advice. Welcome to Demystify Beauty, a weekly podcast about creating transparency in the beauty space. I'm Mackenzie Westmore. And I'm Dr. Paul Massif. So excited to be doing this with you. I know. It's our first episode. <laughs> I know. Woo! Party time. I guess what what brought us together to do this was was our our journey together is what really inspired me to to get going on this. You know, I mean, as as you know, in a nutshell, what brought me to you and to begin with was decades of of issues that led up to what brought me to your office. You know, starting in my twenties of being on a on a show that was not very kind to me and leading me down a road of anorexia, eating away the muscle in my face, and having to start fillers at a young age in my twenties. And then having to keep up with that. And I'll never forget the day where I called my cousin who works with you on botched. And yeah. I called Matt and I said, I I'm sick. I, I've got a problem. And I just assumed it was breast implant illness. And he said, well, I want you to go see Dr. Nassif. He's the only one that I would trust. And I want you to go see him because I want him to guide you of what to do. And I will never forget walking into your office thinking, okay, you're going to tell me who to go to, who to see. And I remember that day of, of you looking at me and saying, this isn't anything else, but there's a problem with the fillers in your face. And I never thought about it being something that could be fillers in my face. And that just never crossed my mind. And I'll never forget that day where it was that aha moment for me with you of saying, no, this is, we got to dissolve all this and we've got to fix all this. And I'm telling you, Dr. Nassif, ever since you took care of me, and we can backtrack from that, but ever since you took care of me, touch wood, I mean, I was testing positive for lupus. I'm not. I was having all of these illnesses. It's amazing. I mean, even my immunologist, she even said, because of getting rid of the fillers in your face, your, your immune system is kicking into high gear now. I mean, you literally, literally saved my life. You didn't just change you know, my face. You saved my life. You know what's interesting about that, too, of all the years doing this? I've never heard of someone getting systemically ill from you know, the reversible fillers that are FDA approved. Uh, I just got to tell you, because I have a lot of patients that come in, and I know we interrupted you for a minute, but this is an important oh. point, that yeah. come in with fillers from that are permanent from different parts of the world. And we need to try to operate and remove those surgically. But even that can get them sick, but not like it did to you. And I do remember you telling me, and this is what hit me more than anything, when is part of your story, which I think the outage should know is how that happened when you were doing the um uh, one of the shows that you were doing and actually the agent or director or someone said you know you're you're too thin i, I was too what it was. fat i was too, too fat, fat. and yeah. then i lost Look. weight became anorexic and as you know anorexia eats muscle in the face and you can't get that back they were they were tough on that show and it was it was very much about who could be the thinnest um a lot of actresses i found out through the years suffered anorexia. A couple were hospitalized. A couple went through mental breakdowns. I'm not the only one, come to find out now, decades later. So this is becoming a, a very uh, big story now as, as uh, things are unfolding of how Hollywood was very, it was especially rough, I would say, in the early 2000s. I do feel Hollywood has gotten way better now, weirdly enough, I think because so many people are coming forward. And that was a big mission for me of wanting to come forward with my story 
and wanting to do this podcast with you to come forward on topics like this, to bring awareness, to help others to understand all different topics, not just fillers and what I went through, but all different things. But going back to you and I, you truly saved my life. I mean, this was a serious issue. I was getting pneumonia like eight times a year. I would get pneumonia. And then to test positive for lupus, it just, nothing was making sense. Nothing was adding up. And then, like I said, touch wood, ever since I have gone down this journey with you and you took care of me, I have been like on top of the world. My health has been fantastic. You know, yes, I've been dealing with our little things here and there, but as far as like the weird stuff that didn't make sense, gone. Like I've been, I've been really doing great. So I really, ca I can't thank you enough for that, Dr. Nassim. Yeah, that's great to hear. I mean, obviously we're going to get into, you know, what we did and, and actually, you know, how it changed, especially, you know, from your, your family and your husband. I want to hear about that later, but yeah. let me give you a little bit of, um, for the audience out there, you know, a little bit about me. So I'm a facial plastic surgeon and you might go, what, what, what is that? So first of all, I was growing up, I was raised in Los Angeles. So I'm an Angelino. Mackenzie, where were you raised? Born in Van Nuys. And oh, so in you're the another Valley. Angelino. I'm an, and I'm so, also an Angelino with you. <laughs> there we go. So we got two of us, which is rare. Yes. And, um, <laughs> you know, so to, to become a doctor, just so you'll know, uh, in general, so you go to, you know, college first and get your degree. And I had actually um, a real estate finance degree in pre-med. And then I went to medical school, which is four years. And then I decided to do what we call otolaryngology, ear, nose, and throat. And the reason why I got into that, my mom and dad were at some dinner and they met this doctor. His name was Dr. Howard House. And he was a famous otologist. So that's an ear doctor. And he specialized and made all these great surgeries. And I used to watch him do operate when I was in medical school. Matter of fact, I think it was like at the beginning of medical school. It might even been actually at the end of college. Wow. So that really pushed me into going into otolaryngology. And, you know, that's broken up into head and neck surgery, sinus surgery, pediatric otolaryngology, facial plastic surgery, and otology. That's ear surgery. So I was kind of interested in that. Hmm. And when I was doing my residency, and that's five years in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, I went and saw this doctor who was a facial plastic surgeon doing facelifts and noses, and I fell in love with it. Wow. So I switched. Well, that was one of the reasons why I switched from otology to facial plastic surgery. Um, but there was a little boy, I think he was about maybe nine or 10, and he came in one night in the emergency room and he got mauled by three Wattweilers. And he was in bad shape, especially his face and his scalp. And helping on the reconstruction team, shall we say, over multiple surgeries, put him back together. And he was the sweetest boy. And every time when I would see him, he'd kind of like, you know, try to give me a little hug. And that kind of pushed me over the edge. So when I was finished with that, I did a fellowship in St. Louis um, for one year in facial plastic surgery with a really wonderful, famous doctor named Dr. Regan Thomas. And then following that, I'm here. I'm actually in the same building since 1999 as a facial wow. plastic surgery. And, and so that's how I got interested. So there's different types. There's a plastic surgeon, which they do their residency usually in general surgery. And they do a, uh, or an internship in 
general surgery and they do a plastic surgery residency where they do everything, a burn surgery, reconstruction, um, all types of cosmetic surgery and reconstructive surgery. And then there's me who does the otolaryngology route that just does face only. A lot of people keep asking me what, what got me into doing botched. We're going strong still. Uh, Terry and I are still filming that. And one night I was uh, out with the producers having dinner in Hollywood, uh, the producers of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I was on that for a short stint, maybe about three years. And we both were talking, why don't we do a surgery where we show real life complications and try to fix them? And even though it's going to be kind of crazy um, because we're going to have a lot of problems with it and, you know, you're going to have complications and, uh, you know, the, the procedures, results may not be that great. And um, so I needed, you know, a partner in crime with me, especially uh, in regards to doing, I only do face. So I called Terry DeBro, who I've known my parents, my mom and my sister met him years ago. And we talked about it, and he thought it was a crazy, stupid idea that we're <laughs> going to do live surgery, patients that have already have messed up plastic surgery. He thought about it the next day, and he goes, you know what? That's a crazy, great idea. And so E picked it up quickly, and it actually became a social media, you know, uh, you know, it popped trending. up everywhere. It was trending. Trending, trending on yeah. Trend. So it became a big, big social media kind of craze. And so now... Um, you know, my current phase of life, I'm, um, as you all probably know, I got divorced a long time ago, um, but I'm happily married. It's been three years to Brittany. You know, I have my, my boys that are, uh, you know, thriving and my ex-wife, Adrian and I are doing a great job co-parenting with them. And then I got my little baby, Paulina, uh, with Brittany, <laughs> and she's like the apple of my so eyes. Cute. So, you know, I got a young child, so I got to rock and roll and stay healthy. <laughs> This, so there's that. my little 411. There's your 411. And you know what? For I guess for, for those that, that don't know me, uh, I've been acting my entire life, literally my entire life. I started when I was one and a half years old in a bold detergent commercial. And then I was Robert De Niro's daughter when I was three years old in Raging Bull. So that's how I got my start. And then I went through a little period of shyness and my parents didn't really believe in therapy. So they put me into acting classes to get me out of my shell. <laughs> so it well, worked. Well, that probably that was, worked. You know, my mom's Canadian, so that was that was her way of, of well, handling wait a it. What did you say about Raging Bull? I was Robert De Niro's daughter in Raging Bull Get when out I was of three. Town. I'm not kidding. That was my, oh, that, my I have goodness. it on my resume to this day. That oh. was my first my first co-star was Robert oh. De Niro. <laughs> Sheepers. That is long crazy. dark hair. I'm sitting by the pool with Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, that that's me by the pool. <laughs> So oh that my was my God. first job. So I've been in this industry my whole life acting. And the reason why I got the star behind me is because my family's been doing makeup for over 100 years. My, my great grandfather was actually the, the wig maker to the royal court. Winston Churchill's barber came over at the turn of the century, opened up the first wig shop and makeup shop on Sunset. And Jeez. did uh, Adolf Manju had shaved off a part of his mustache, didn't know what to do. They sewed together a piece of hair lace wig, and that was the birth of a makeup artist and a movie set. From there then, my grandfather did Gone with the Wind. My great uncles did Creature from the Black Lagoon, Ten Commandments, oh, Breakfast wow. at Tiffany's. All these huge, iconic films. Oh. And then my dad, he was Elizabeth Taylor's personal, Sylvester Stallone's personal. He did Rocky, um, all these huge movies. Mask, he won the Oscar for Mask. 18 mm. years of Star Trek, and he actually took Star Trek 
so that he could be around more to watch me grow up because he wasn't around with my sister and brother. He was always on the road and always away. So at least Star Trek, even though he worked 80 hours a week, he was at least home. And on the weekends, we could be together. So my family was granted a star on the Walk of Fame for makeup artistry um, a couple of years back. And from there, you know, after through the acting world, I then got into theater. I became an opera singer, um, danced. I always did ballet. I was always very much into the classics, studied Shakespeare. So, so classics were my background. That was my heart and my passion. Broadway was where I really wanted to go. And I always say, be careful what you put out there because I always said, you know, opera. I didn't specify to the universe what I wanted, so I got a soap opera. So that's what I was joking about. <laughs> hey, wait a minute now. Very you specific. Said, so when was the last time that you you actually sang, especially opera? Oh God, Dr. Nassim, Come it's on, been a wait. while. It's been a long time. Uh, okay, it's you know we're going to have to do at some point. You're going to have to blow a beautiful song out for us. You know, especially oh, yeah. um, either Phantom of the Opera oh, or something with Andrea Bocelli. You're talking my and you're language. Gonna have to do that. But so yeah, so by that, the way, that's my background. What about now? Let's talk about TV shopping for both of us. Yes. Well, and that brings me to where we are now. So what happened was, is I did the soap opera for ten years. Then I went on to Face Off, which was a makeup reality show. And because Passions was was canceled so abruptly, that scared me. And that when I was on Face Off, which I also met my my current husband, you know, oh. we've been married several years now. He was a judge. I was the host. I always joke that he left to go take a real job and I stayed on the so stayed on uh, the reality show. Um, and, and I have a son. Uh, he's 16. And, and like your little girl, he's the apple of my eye. And even though he's 16 and six foot two, he will always be my baby. I don't care what he says or how big he gets. Uh, but. When I was on Face Off and it scared me that a show could go down so fast, I thought I got to have a backup plan. And mm. I've got this family that's in makeup. I'm on a makeup show. I would be an idiot to not start a makeup line right now. So wow. <laughs> that's where my brain, right? Yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm not blonde for now. So, <laughs> so I started Westmore Beauty and that's, that's also our connection. You know, I'm on QVC with, with Westmore Beauty. And I know you have your amazing skincare on, on HSN. And that's a whole other world for you and I. That's like a whole other topic, I feel. But go for it. You know what we should do at some point on one of these podcasts is actually talk at some point about what it's like to do TV shopping. Yes. Uh, which is, is it, it's, it's like an, a whole world, isn't it? That's a whole new world of <laughs> TV whole... shopping, which is something... So we both do that, which is we great. We both do and, that. Uh, and I'm sure you probably experience what the behind the scenes is like people don't realize what we go through behind the scenes oh. of home shopping is a whole other, not even world. I feel like it's a whole other dimension. It's hard. I mean, it is it hard is. to do. It's oh, hard. Oh my goodness. You know, what's cool about that for you and I, going back to how we met. So Matt Westmore. Yep. And of course, your cousin, Matt. who's my executive producer of Botched, hooked the two of us up. And of course, I heard about you and I knew about Westmore Beauty. And I remember seeing you and I remember you when we were doing that um, interview after everything that we did. Basically, yeah. how after your surgery, I think, I don't know if it was your parents, your family, your hubby, but they said they lost you. You don't look like yourself. You actually looked a little masculine. It was actually, well, a few things I, I found out afterwards from 
all my family across the board. So number one, I had found out from my husband and he was very honest with me that through the years of, you know, watch, and I mean, we've been together a long time, but through the years oh of watching my face change, he was very honest with me and not that he stopped loving me, but that there was a lack of, of attraction because I became so plastic looking and so overfilled and that is yeah. not his type. And I know there are a lot of men that's not their type. They don't like plastic looking women. And that's, I think a mistake a lot of women make is they get overplumped, overfilled. And then on top of that, I would even overline my lips and he would, we would get on FaceTime when he'd be on a set because he's on set right now, even in London. And we get on FaceTime and he'd be like, what are you doing? And, but he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't go any further than that. He just would say, what are you doing? Cause he knew I had an audition or something coming up and he'd just say, you know, try not overlining your lip, try, but there was nothing I could do. It, there, there was a bigger issue at hand than just makeup. It, there was a bigger issue of too much filler. So when you did your magic and you fixed me, that's when he admitted to me, he said, I have my wife back. You, you look back to, you know, what, what I recognize. And then it was actually my 16 year old, my son, who told me that I was starting to look masculine. He didn't realize it, but he said, I look so feminine now that he's, he's shocked at, at how different a change, but again, because it was such a slow progression through the years. And he just said, you look very effeminate. And my, my parents, same thing. They felt they were they were losing their daughter through the years, and they were also scared on the health side of seeing me go through health issues. And they just were so thrilled to to not only see their daughter back, but to also see a healthy daughter come back. God, I love hearing that. As a matter of fact, when I remember you coming in, you know, I said to you, I said, you know, you got too much filler here. Yeah. And one of the things that was interesting is I changed my surgical plan. And when I saw you, I said, first of all, we got to remove the filler. And of course, you know, that was a little bit scary for you. Yeah. But I said, we got to do it. And I had you see our nurse practitioner, Laura, who is like Laura. I'm a, a magician, oh, you know, with, the, with fillers, obviously, yeah. but conservatively. So we removed all the fillers. We dissolved it. And it was interesting, you know, because you're pretty young, but when you lowered your neck, you had a lot yeah. of extra skin. So it yeah. almost like it stretched out your skin, which is unusual, yes. but due to the chronicity of getting fillers, it actually stretched out your skin. And I yes. haven't seen that before. And I remember like the day before your surgery, I looked at you after we actually deflated your eyebrows, your eyebrows descended. And again, because of stretching out everything, and I switched from doing what we call an upper eye lift, blepharoplasty, to a brow lift. So we ended up going in. I mean, we have People Magazine covering this, and I know they did the two stories. The first one was you, um, the before and after of just the fillers, especially in the jawline and the brows and the temples and everywhere, and the cheeks and the lower eyelids. And then we did your surgery, and I did uh, what we call a deep plane, you know, face and neck lift, and then an endoscopic brow lift, correct? Yes. And, I, I will um, never forget that night yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> what what I mean, happened? Talk to me. Are, are we allowed to, to swear on this show? I don't know if we're allowed to. But... <laughs> um, oh, yes. Go for it. I was scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. I was scared shitless. I didn't ask him. I remember that night because first of all, I walk in there and it's like, okay, we're going to dissolve everything. We're going to do this. And it was like, uh, uh, okay. And, and because 
of Matt and because I knew you and because of your background, I was like, I'm just going to put my life and my trust and my faith in this man. I and I really did. I just, I remember getting in the car and I was like, I'm just going to trust this man. I just, I, I have a good feeling. This is Dr. Nassif, like the man. I'm just going to trust him. So we go through the filler dissolving and it's like, okay, you know what? And Laura was amazing and she was so sweet and she kept saying, this is going to hurt. And I was like, trust me, nothing's going to hurt me. Like I've been through so much. You could literally like smack been me there, inside my head. Yeah. Been there, done that. I've had more needles in my face at this point. Like you're basically, the thing that's going to hurt the most is all the money that's going to go down the tube right now because of what you're dissolving. That's what's going to hurt more is my bank account. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so... We go through that, and then I'll never forget the night before the surgery when you said uh -huh. to me, okay, so looking at you now, I can't do the eyelids. We can't do this. You're not going to blink. And it's like, well, what? And then you explained to me, I'm, I'm going to do a brow lift. And what that's going to entail is anchors. And you started explaining the whole process to me. And that was the like, oh, shit. Oh my God. And that, and it really, that's when it became like very real. Like, okay, the next day I'm going to go into like a, what, six to eight hour surgery, almost like 10 hours, whatever. And I, that's when it became so real. And I just remember sitting in your office, just so terrified, but like, I got to do this. I can't bad. There was, I had like a five second moment where I was like, I'm, I'm just going to say, no, I don't want to do this. I'm done. No. I'll just, I'll have the droopy skin. I'll just, I'll look like a Sharpay. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just, I'll pull it up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just choked on my I'll coffee. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make a joke. <laughs> but I remember seeing the photos of where I was like droopy. I was like, I'll take tape. I'll do whatever I need to do. I, I, I had a moment of just being so scared. But then I remember looking at you and just being like, I trust him. I trust him. I'm putting I'm putting my life in this man's hands. I trust him. He's going to do a great job. First of all, your surgery went flawless, thank God. However, what was unusual, and, and I'm sure I remember I sent you photos of this. Oh, and yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen this before. But you had filler exuding from your facial muscles. That is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, I've seen, listen, I've been on botch for years, and I've seen a lot of weird, weird stuff. <laughs> And for you, you had the fillers that from years and years of fillers actually started not dissolving. And I think that's what was getting you sick. And it was actually deeply, you know, inset, infiltrating into your muscles of your face. Jeez. And um, I was like squeezing it out. I mean, that was bizarre. And I said, shit, I go, I can't believe this. And I remember, I think we took some videos. Was it all true filler? There's nothing else that could be. I mean, it was like okay, this gel coming out. So, but thank God the bottom line is I ended up removing, and I'm gonna get a little surgical here just to explain to everyone really what a deep plane facelift is, neck lift, is what you're doing is you're making incisions, you're doing what we call a skin dissection, but a limited skin dissection, but you're diving deep below what we call the facial smas, which is tissue that connects to the facial muscles as you go closer to the middle of your face. And with that in mind, we're underneath the muscles and where all the nerves are that control your face. So what's scary about that, if the anatomy is a little bit distorted or the muscles are, you can't see the nerves as well. And then if you injure a nerve, you know, and thank God, thank God, knock on, uh, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Behind me. It's, you know, it happens occasionally, but it's um, temporary. You know, your smile's off. You can't raise your eyebrow. I mean, you know, you you look odd when you have a nerve that gets knocked out. So as I was doing your surgery, but I'm again, 
I, I know what I'm doing, I'm confident, but the anatomy wasn't normal. We ended up removing more skin than prob on you because we have to actually, after we tighten the muscles and lift it up, we remove excess skin and then we suture right. it perfectly together. And with you, removed a hell of a lot of skin, like more like a 70-year-old, really? 70-year-old, that's so much skin. Wow. Okay. So now this is interesting because this is actually an argument I've had with people on my TikTok. <laughs> it sounds so mm. stupid, but I get in arguments on my TikTok. <laughs> I get actually I get in arguments on all my social media channels. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I had this argument where somebody was saying, because they were like, well, you've, you've had plastic surgery. So you're, you're, you're totally fake. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I said, have you not seen the People magazine? Have you not seen Access? Have you not seen my journey with Dr. Nassif? This was reconstruction. My skin was drooping. I looked like a Sharpay. I was like on the floor with skin. This was almost like a weight loss surgery and having to pull the skin up. So I don't consider it plastic surgery. I consider it reconstructive surgery. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the way that I see it because it's not like I came to you and I said, implant my cheek, give me a chin, give me a no. I, we really just got rid of the filler and fixed the damage well i will tell you one thing more importantly than besides making you look normal again and yourself yeah and that's where the reconstruction takes place i think by removing everything especially deep inside your muscles and by the way filler reversal you know the injectables was not going to go in we're not going to put needles into the muscle it goes just right. below the skin so right. if we did not do that and I did not find that filler in your muscles and the smass and the deep tissue, you probably wouldn't be feeling as well and you still would probably, you know, have yeah. some of the, the, the lupus, lupus positive markers and stuff like that. So you needed that. And none of us would have ever expected that. I mean, it was something I, that was rare. I gotta be honest, I, I'm okay if, if they're okay, if we're okay to show this, but I'm okay to show that photo of me on your operating table because I gotta be honest with you. But I showed several people that photo of me you took, or you didn't take, somebody took of me with my face open on the operating table because I had friends' daughters going in to get filler at 20, 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'll, all I That's would do right. is I'd pull that photo up and I'd say, is this what you want in years to come? And they'd be like, not getting it done now, not doing it. I said, if this is, I started in my twenties and I'm not trying to say anything against fillers. This isn't a story against fillers. I'm just saying, starting at such a young age and going month after month after month to get that filler done over and over and over, especially with the, the, the doctor I was going to was having me get filled every three months. So I didn't know, I'm not a doctor. I didn't know it should be every several years. So when you don't have that knowledge as a layman, it, this is where I've been trying to educate people in my life and showing them that photo of this is what I had to go through to regain myself. So let me ask you a question. Because of Access Hollywood and the People Magazine article, besides some of the arguments you're having on social media, <laughs> and, you know, some of these folks ragging on you, shall we say. And by the way, you're going to have haters no matter what you do, I, which is the way it I is. Know. You're right. But because it changed your life, and we have to do, by the way, uh, a podcast episode on, you know, how, how young is too young and pretty much just, you know, yeah. being conservative about doing stuff. Uh, and everyone, by the way, especially living in Southern California or back east, you know, Florida, everyone's doing stuff. Everyone's doing fillers. 
things like that. But we have to be careful of that and especially the risks associated. But what positive, you must have had some great positive feedback. Oh, it gives me goosebumps, actually, with with some of the messages, some of the DMs, some of the emails. I mean, it's just the messages that I got afterwards. I would say 99% were all positive uh, of either thank you for being open and honest. Thank you for coming forward with your story. Um, can I have Dr. Nassif's number? <laughs> Many, everybody would say, you know, th- thank you for your honesty and thank you for your transparency because I was going to do X, Y, and Z, and now it's making me rethink. Now it's making me think, well, maybe I don't, maybe I am beautiful as I am. Maybe I do look okay as I am. Maybe I don't need to go plump up my lips. Maybe I don't need to go fill up my cheeks. So that's where it really touched my heart. The messages from women and even from men, not many, but a couple from men saying, thank you because I was considering to go do this and you just made me rethink my, my, my game plan and my life plan here. Kind of, I love hearing that. I mean, I mean, so this is the kind of thing and that's what we do on Botched. God willing, our goal is to actually, you know, transform or change or take the negative out of the light because it's interesting when you have something done to you, which actually affects you emotionally and psychologically, it changes your whole life. I mean, we have patients, yeah. as you know, that have these whole problems. They don't even want to leave their home. Yeah. And if we can get in there and do a little bit of good, that's what it's all about. And so, but overall for you is I saw a complete change and this is my um, feelings about how you changed, you know, from the little that I knew you before as compared to when I saw you. I saw someone as a patient who went overboard who had problems, psychological problems, um, in regards to a little bit of depression, a little bit of the issues that were happening, causing this fillers, and then it was getting you physically ill. Yeah. Compared to after surgery, the before and after of your of you as a person, it was like 180 degree turnaround. I mean, the smile on your face, um, the besides the feminine look and natural, thank God. And you healed, by the way, you healed incredibly. Thank God we didn't have any problems. Your whole personality just became so uplifting. I didn't see a hint of the negative, the downer stuff. I'm just going to say as it is. And my fellows and I talked about you and, and we just said, you know, that is how I wish everyone uh, that has, how it changed uh, your life. And, And as a matter of fact, Speaking of that, about this whole podcast, you're the one, because of how this changed your life and how you wanted to get things out there, you brought this to me. Yeah, I I was so hell-bent. I was so determined. And I knew that I was like reaching for the stars coming to you, you know, because I mean, come on, let's just call a spade a spade. You're a big deal. You you are out there. You're, You're notable. You've got notoriety. You're on multiple channels. Everybody knows Dr. Nassif, but I knew it in the back of my head, this story, what we've been through. I just, I was, I was on a train that was not going to stop. And I knew that not just my story, but working with you had to happen. And that's where I get like a pit bull and and everybody laughs at me because I'm like, I'm not going to stop till this happens. Because I knew that 
bringing you to the forefront into the world and and bringing my story but also as we bring guests on as we talk to other people and as you speak it's just a service to everyone listening that could be considering these things that could be not considering things what direction can they go in so I, that's where you know i i greatly appreciate you doing this with me because I, I just felt we were going to make a great team. I just, I just felt it in my bones. We were going to make a good team on this. I will tell you something. When I first heard about it, I said, you know, because I, I was thinking about doing, uh, you know, something a long time ago, but I got to tell you, I didn't have the time. And I said, you know, what is it really going to do? But then when you brought it to me because of what we did for you, thank God, you know, of how it helped you. I said, you know what? This is a great idea because you were, like you said, hell bent on, Helping, helping people. Yeah. And the thing is, what's great, you know, listen, we do that on Botched. We help people and we show, yeah. you know, the crazy stuff, what to do, what not to do, which we can sit here now and talk about different things. We can have incredible different guests. Maybe it's, yeah. maybe if they're even misguided or have misinformation again, uh, stuff that we, we could expand on about from different types of anti-aging medicine, to some of the newer and cooler things that are happening uh, for even extension of life, plastic surgery. There are so many cool things. We can, you know, get some entertainment folks in. I mean, I want to make this something fun, but again, educational. Educational. And, and entertainment. Yeah, exactly. But to me, it's, it is that. It's the educational, it's the entertainment and, and at the end of the day, for me, it's always helping other people. You know, I'm, I'm so big on helping others because like I said, you know, you've helped turn my life around and, and you are spot on. I was depressed. I was not who I used to be. And even though I am a happy-go-lucky person, I had lost myself through the years and you did help bring that back out, you know, not just because of, you know, things were changed, but you, you alleviated so much pressure and so much pain that I was going through mentally and emotionally and that's gone now. So that's why for me, having gone through that, I just want to give that help to other people. I mean, we're going to have fun with this. And as a ah, matter of fact, yeah. your cousin's favorite term is we're filming. We'll have fun with it. You know, I, 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 love I Matt. think, <laughs> you know, we, we are going to do that. And I told, uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, what do you think about me doing a podcast? And she goes, well, what are you going to talk about? <laughs> and then Alice, my CEO, brought this to me after talking to you. Love Alice. And everything you said, I absolutely agree with. I think that let's actually get something that's going to, you know, for whoever's interested in this realm, um, about fun stuff, about plastic surgery, anything at all. And we can pick so many fun topics. Uh, this is going to be something exciting and I'm excited to do this weekly with you. I'm so excited. And I think it even expands even into something you did touch upon family. You know, how some of these things can affect family members. Um, you know, it's not just the people that are doing it, but also the people that are surrounding that the people. You know, I, I had to learn pre-filler how to do my makeup a certain way so I didn't look so filled at times. Yeah. And now after surgery, it's also been a whole other change for me. And you're using my skincare too, which I love. Oh, you know, I love again. Hydra Screen. I'm not kidding. Dr. Nassif, Hydra Screen always goes under my makeup. Always. Like yeah, that is the primer. absolute must. It's, it's become my primer. It's become my 
filler. It's it's everything for me. That stuff, people don't realize that everybody that I talk to, this is another thing that I get so hell-bent on on social media. When people are like, well, what skincare? What, 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 you know, even if it's not even a conversation I'm involved in, I'll jump in. I'll be like, Dr. Nassif Hydroscreen. And people are like, would you like relax? Funny. This is going to be fun. So this was our first episode, and I think we nailed it, uh, you know, <laughs> talking about, you know, everything just to get started. And I'm excited for all of you um, to listen to this and hear our stories. And actually, what we should do is we have to make sure we give a link to the People Magazine article. Yes. Um, so that everyone can read that about you and get your full story in there. And in addition, I want to make sure everyone besides the Demystify Beauty Instagram channel, um, we have our Instagram and TikTok. I mean, mine yeah. is Dr. Paul Massif. And I think my my TikTok hopefully is the same thing. I'm on Instagram, M. Westmore. On TikTok, M. Westmore. Twitter's Mackenzie Westmore with no E because my name was too long. <laughs> and then Facebook, I think, is also M. Westmore. So this has been our first episode. We want to thank you all for listening to Demystify Beauty. And Mackenzie, God, that was fun. I didn't expect to have this much fun. This was uh, fun, right? and, you know. And you're fun. You're fun. Yeah, we're so much fun. This is so much fun. I I knew it. I knew it. I totally knew it. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Demystify Beauty, produced by Gotham Production Studios. If you have any questions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us on Instagram at Demystify Beauty. D-E-M-Y-S-T-I-F-Y beauty or email us at demystifybeauty at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. See you next time.